Good morning, church. Why don't we rise to our feet as we begin to worship this morning? Come on, our King is alive today. Let's sing. To the King of glory and life, all praises. To the only giver of life, our Maker. The gates are open wide.
Amen. We want to welcome you to New Beginnings Church. We want to welcome you to service. We want to welcome you into this place. Those watching from home, we want to welcome you as well. Welcome into this place. Hey, church, I have an encouraging word that the Lord shared with me this morning. And I know he said, share this with my people. Share this from your heart. And he says this in Psalm 27, verse 4, he said, The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. And meditating in His temple. This is where we are today, church. So I say seek Him, meditate, and be in this place with Him. Let go of all the distractions. You're here now. And guess what? It's your time with Him. This is your time with Him. Let it all go. And believe that this time is for you and Him. Refill your cup this morning. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer and welcome His Spirit in this place. Heavenly Father, we thank You. We welcome You. Lord, thank You for having us in this place with You, Lord. We lift our voices to You, Lord, because we shout Hosanna to You, Lord. We shout. We shout for joy. We shout with gladness, Lord, for who You are, Lord, and what You have done in our lives. Lord, let us seek. Let us seek Your face today, Lord, with our time with You. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, church, let's continue to worship, shall we? Come on. All right, here we go, church. We're going to lift our voice together. We're going to shout a hallelujah. Amen. We're going to shout it out because of who he is and what he's done. Amen. Here we go. Come on, all together now. Come on. Let's sing it. Raise a hallelujah with me. I raise a hallelujah. Here we go. That's right. In the presence. In the presence of my enemy. That's right. Come on, sing it. I raise, I raise a hallelujah, louder than the unbelief, oh come on and sing it, I raise, I raise a hallelujah, my weapon is a melody,
He sets a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Thank you, Jesus. Come on and sing. I'm going to sing. Come on, sing it with me. I'm going to sing. Come on. In the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. Louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Open the rise. Death is defeated. Come on, sing it again. Praise the one who 
set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. He is the living hope, the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, our King. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Be seated quietly as we take communion. You were given elements as you came in. If you need some, they're walking around handing them. Just raise your hand. I know in the very front row we have some. But I just want to bring your attention to the bread. Because in the night that the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread. He gave thanks and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is given for you. He knew he was going to be beaten and flogged and nailed to a cross. He knew he was going to surrender his life for us to give us eternal life and to free us of our sin and to take away our burden and our heartache. But not only did he forgive our sins, but he says that by the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our bodies are healed, our mind is restored. We're reconciled not only to him, but to one another. So I don't know what you might be dealing with. I don't know what healing you need. I just was told that one of our members, his cancer came back and it came back pretty aggressively. Last week, we prayed for Dorothy, who just had surgery, and they got all the cancer, and they think they might have got it all. So we're just going to believe that. Some of you are facing cancer. Some of you are facing body aches, and you need healing. You need healing of your body, mind, and soul. So, Father, we remember the words that you spoke that night. As you took the bread and gave thanks and you gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. Father, we pray that you prepare our heart, mind, and soul. Not just for communion, but for life. We're overwhelmed with life. We pray your blessing in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the body of Christ who made the bread. He then took the cup. He gave thanks and said, this is my blood. And with it, I seal a new covenant that I'm making with you. I'm making a promise to come back. And I don't lie. And I can't break a promise. So hold on to this cup, a cup of promise. A cup of healing, a cup of deliverance. The blood sets us free. It protects our household. Protects our lives. Protects our children father we claim the blood of jesus over our life our body mind and soul over the people that we love if we're married over our marriage over our children our household our parents our loved ones we just claim the blood of jesus we claim the victory it offers 
And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, this is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me drink of the cup. God, we're so grateful for all that you give us and all that you are. And we pray for a supernatural move of your spirit. And we pray this in Christ's glorious name. Amen. Would you stand with us one more time? We're going to sing this song in its entirety. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is broken. I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my
a literal living hope alive and breathing come on can we sing hallelujah one more time hallelujah praise the one who set me free broken every chain there's salvation in your name Jesus Christ my living hope and whom the sun sets free is free indeed amen church heavenly father we come before you God And we give you thanks, Lord. We give you all honor, all glory, all praise, God, because you are our living hope, God, because you've resurrected, Lord. And with your resurrection, we find life ourselves, God. You've shared your resurrection with us, Lord, and we claim that today in the name of Jesus, God. It's your mercy. It's your grace that sets us free, God. It's your kindness that liberates us, love, God. It's your love that changes everything. It's your spirit that changes everything, God. And so we continue to welcome your spirit into this place this morning, God, not just into the physical building, but into our hearts, Lord. We ask that you come in and you change our desires, Lord. We, we ask that you come in and you transform our hearts, God. You are our living hope, Lord. Praise the one who set us free, God. We thank you so much for who you are and, and what you're doing here. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Church, can you lift up one shout of praise? Come on. Hey, let's take a moment. Let's greet one another as worship comes to an end this morning, church. All right, all right. Good morning, New Beginnings Church. How are we doing today? Doing good, man. I can see y'all had your coffee. Awesome. Man, I'm so excited to be here. If we haven't gotten a chance to meet yet, we can change that later on. My name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church. And guys, I'm so excited to be here. The Spirit of God is just doing His thing this morning. And I'm just so pumped, y'all. But before we get started with anything else, we've got a couple of quick announcements. Uh, first, I'm so excited because in a couple of weeks, we are celebrating Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy's 40 years of ministry. Yeah, that's big old salute to that one. That's almost twice as long as I've been alive. And that really speaks to their faithfulness, not just to this church, but to this community. I mean, we live in, Al- in Albuquerque, y'all. We know it's kind of crazy out here. And Pastor Richard and Pastor Cindy have been faithfully serving the people for 40 years here in Albuquerque. That's absolutely amazing. And so if you haven't gotten your tickets already for the registration, uh, from my understanding, I guess the registration closes tonight at midnight. And so today's your last opportunity. Uh, I believe you can still register online, nbcabq.com forward slash events. And also you can go visit uh, Sister Debbie Tate right down uh, in the mall. She's got a table set up with plenty of information over there. 
And also, another thing that's happening in the month of October here at New Beginnings Church is Trunk or Treat. We are so excited for Trunk or Treat. That'll be on October 29th at 6 p.m. Uh, was anyone there last year? Anybody uh, here there last year? Awesome. So you guys remember, you guys know what it was like. We have trunks lined up and down the parking lot filled with candy. We got little Bible tracks, so we like to hand out. I'm saying we pray over this candy. We bless this candy. And more than anything, it's a safe environment for our community to come in and be blessed by the church. And so if you are interested in not just being there, but being a part of what we do, um, or being a part of Trunk or Tree, I would highly encourage you to register a vehicle for Trunk or Tree online. You can do that at nbcabq.com forward slash events. You can talk to Sister Jessica uh, from, the, uh, from our kids ministry to, uh, to get some more information, but we'd love for you to sign up, get your car registered. You can hand out candy and stuff like that, and just be the hands and feet of Jesus as we minister to our community here for Trunk or Treat. Uh, and, but other than that, also, just, just come on by. Bring the family. Bring the kids. Invite people. It's a fantastic way to get people around the church, and just, you know, when we get God's people together, that's an evangelistic opportunity right there. Are are you with me, church? So we are so excited for that. Again, that's October 29th at 6 p.m. That's a Saturday, uh, Trunk or Treat, and if you want more information on that, you can see me after service or talk to Sister Jessica from the kids, uh, from our kids ministry. She's doing a fantastic job with our kids, and we're so excited for this event Uh, And also, one of the things we're super excited about, if you were around these last couple of weeks, you saw that we had uh, the big canopy set up out in the mall. We had Christian ed classes uh, coming up, and we're really excited because this Thursday, we got two big things kicking off. We've got our men's Bible study starting this Thursday, Friday, uh, or this Thursday, uh, October 13th at 6 p.m., Uh, So for any of our men here in the room, if you need a place to hang out and just be sharpened by other wise men, I mean, there's dudes that have been following Jesus longer longer than I've been alive, you know? And so I would highly encourage you to look into this men's Bible study. You can talk to Pastor Richard. You can talk to Josh Manker. Uh, they can get you some more information on it. And again, that's going to be this Thursday at, starting at 6 p.m. And also, do we have any young adults in the house, 18 to 25? Or am I the only one? 18 to 25. There we go. We got some. There we go. There we go. So young adults, we got a class for you too. And we are so excited because, you know, Young adulthood is an interesting place to be. You know, I'm sure some of y'all remember. I, I've, been, I've been talking to so many of y'all just for life advice because I'm in a weird spot, right? I'm like, I'm an adult, but like not very good at this whole adulting thing, trying to figure it out. It's a weird spot to be. And us young adults, we need to come together and sharpen each other and understand how do we do life? How do we figure out, you know, career, college, and stuff like that? And so uh, our brother A.J. Cully, who was just up here singing with us, is going to be teaching this class. That's going to be also this Thursday, uh, this Thursday, October 13th, beginning at 7 p.m. here at New Beginnings Church. And we are so excited for that. And church, there are so many other things going on. Uh, we've got so many events happening all the time. And if you want to stay more connected, more plugged in, I'd highly encourage you uh, to continue visiting our NBCABQ.com, our website, forward slash events. We have everything on there. Don't forget about our NBCABQ app. And church, more than anything, just thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you for being part of the life of the church here. It's, uh, without you, we would not be able to do all that we do here. So church, um, 
thank you for not only being faithful in your attendance, but thank you for being faithful in your giving. Uh, Just as a reminder, we have multiple ways to give. We have our four tithing boxes located at all four corners of the sanctuary. We have our text to give. We have our on our website nbcabq.com forward slash give on our on our nbcabq app. Just so many different ways to do it, and all the online stuff is fast. It's safe. It's secure, and it's just a really really quick way to get your tithes in real quick. Uh, And so don't forget about all that stuff. And once again, church, thank you so much for truly being a family here at New Beginnings. Now. Would you do me a favor, family, and help me welcome our fearless leader, Pastor Richard, to the stage. Thank you, guys. David, bless you. Youth, you can follow your leader out now to the youth uh, service that you guys will be having. And it's such a joy to be able to celebrate what they're doing. Uh, Church, um, this Thursday, there's a national convention of the Church of God happening in Orlando, Florida. And uh, Roxy de Santiago, who's one of our worship leaders, uh, is going to be ministering there. She's going to be speaking um, to a women's conference uh, that's going to be taking place. So uh, she's not here right now, but I want you to pray with me for her, that God use her mightily. So Father, thank you for great opportunities you give us to minister and thank you that Lord, um, they have recognized one of our own, a New Mexican, and a New Beginnings member, and Lord, this gifted and anointed worker and servant of the Lord. I pray anointing over Roxy that you use her mightily, and Lord, she really bless the thousands of women that will be there, and even some men that'll be at that conference. I pray in Christ's name, Amen. Guys, I am doing this series called Changing the Way You Think. And uh, our thinking, doesn't it mess us up so much? We could be doing so good and just having a great day and then mm, somehow some weird thought comes in our mind and it takes us in a direction that we, we shouldn't go. And you have to change the way you think because... If you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you always got. And that's why you end up right where you are. And you're like, my goodness gracious, what's wrong with me? And we live in an evil world. We live in a world that sucks life out of you. There's vampires all over the place. You know what I mean? Haven't you ever had one of those vampires come up to you and you go, hey, and they go, hi. (laughs) And you're like, I'm dying. You know, it's like, man. They just take your joy. They take, and before you know it, you find yourself discouraged. I'm sure no one in this room has ever been discouraged, but in first service, a lot of people there had been discouraged. Because discouragement could come. In the slang Spanish, they go, I'm really bummed out. And sometimes we get bummed out. Sometimes we get the air knocked out of us. Sometimes we just get disillusioned. And when you get discouraged, it can really paralyze you. It can stop you right in your track. In the book of Exodus chapter 6, verse 9, it says, so Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said, but they refused to listen anymore. Maybe they were all teenagers. No, no, but they refused to listen anymore because they had become too discouraged. 
by the brutality of their slavery. I just wonder how many of us are discouraged by the enslaving issue that we're facing. What slaving, enslaving issue are you facing? What discouragement has you bound? What discouragement has you like a slave and it's got you bound where you can't even function, you can't seem to have joy, you can't seem to have peace, you can't seem to have a, a peaceful mind because you're so discouraged with the things around you. The psalmist and Chapter 42 of Psalms, verse 5 says, Why so downcast on my soul? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? He goes, I will put my hope in God. I will, raise, I will praise him again, my, pray, my Savior and my God. Thank you, Lord. Minister to us, Father, I pray in your holy name. Amen. Listen, we need to change the way we handle discouragement. And that's what I want to preach on today, changing the way you handle discouragement. How, when you are confronted with a situation that starts overwhelming you, so that you will not fall into discouragement and depression and this brokenness, but really, really rise up above it. The Apostle Paul, if anyone had a reason to be discouraged and beat up, it was him. He had suffered so many different things. He talks about that list of things that he suffered. He says, I've worked harder and I've been put in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number. I faced death again and again. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have traveled on so many long journeys that I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people and the Jews as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities and in the deserts and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but they are not. I have worked hard and long enduring many sleepless nights, and I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily duties of my concerns for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness. Who is led astray that I do not burn with anger? He says, man, if anyone has a, a reason to, to complain and be discouraged, it's, it's Paul. But yet, in spite of everything he went through, he overcame that. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. He knew how to pull himself above the discouraging moments of his life and rise up. And that's what I want to help us learn today. I want to help us to really be able to, to learn and to, to really be able to take a right approach to discouragement. I want to share with you out of Paul's writing, and we're not going to read the whole thing, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 18, that's the passage we're going to be looking at. So if you have your Bibles, go to there, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 18. And, and I want to share seven steps for defeating 
discouragement, seven things that you see Paul writing about, seven things that you see Paul talking about. And we're going to go through this verse by verse and look and see what he has to say to us. Because if we're going to beat discouragement, the first thing we need to understand is never forget how much God loves you. Never forget how much God loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. God loves you. Say it to your neighbor. God loves you. You could even throw in, and I love you too, but tell them God loves them. It's important that you know that God loves you. It's important that you feel that love. Look, we don't live by feelings. We live by faith because sometimes life has a way of sucking the feeling out of you. And you're just numb. And you don't even feel anything. You don't feel his love. You don't feel people's love. You don't feel wanted. You feel isolated. You feel broken. And before you know it, you find yourself discouraged. But when you remember that no matter what you go through or what you've done, God loves you. He loves you at your worst. He loves you at your best. He loves you no matter what. He loves you. And when you grab a hold of that and you feel that, you tell yourself that, that's why Paul writes right there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the very first verse. He says, therefore, since God in his mercy, his mercy is his love, in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We never give up. Say, we never give up. We never give up. No, say it like you mean it. We never give up. We don't give up. We keep marching forward. We go through no matter what. Some of you are tired. Some of you are exhausted. Some of you are ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to quit. But don't give up. Hold on to hope. Jesus Christ, our living hope, the song said. We hold on to him. Mercy is God giving us what we need, not what we deserve. We deserve a a hardcore spanking from God. He got to take us to the woodshed. He la man. Put it to you. But yet instead, he gives us what we need. His love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his grace. Thank you, Jesus. You see, Satan attacks our emotions. He speaks death into us. God speaks life. The devil speaks despair. God speaks hope. The devil speaks worry and fear. God speaks peace and serenity. Some people don't hear from a loving God in a loving way. They look at God as this judgmental guy that's going to zap you, this hellfire and brimstone kind of God. You even come to church and you're here for the first time maybe. You don't even know God yet. Some of you come to church, you don't even know God. You don't even believe in God. You just feel good here, so you go, I like going to that church, and that guy has a few things worthwhile listening to, and, 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 and the people are nice, and, and, and they just kind of give you a hug or a handshake. And, 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 and some of you come because you're children of the king. You've given your life to Jesus, and you can't wait to be in his presence. But it doesn't matter why you're here. You've got to come to understand that God loves us. But see, some of us had this judgmental look of God. You're, you came to church for the first time, and you're expecting me to be a hellfire and brimstone. Turn or burn! You know, it's like, man, that's not who I am. You know why? Because me, in my sin, God showed me this tender love that I couldn't believe. Say, you love me in spite of what I've done, and you forgive me? Wow! 
Thank you, Lord. But some of us had judgmental parents or, or someone in our life that they constantly criticized you and they constantly looked at you and they constantly judged you and, they, and that's how you think God is. So every time you come to church, you think, oh, what's he gonna yell at me about now? And you just feel this conviction, but God says, I love you. I love you. We don't have to prove our worth to God. You don't have to go, look what I could do. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. No, you know what? He loves you. And when you get a hold of that and he gets a hold of you, that love is from everlasting to everlasting. Second thing, if you want to beat discouragement and you really want to overcome it, never fake it. Be genuine. Be authentic. Be real. Don't fake it. Be real. Be who God created you to be. God doesn't bait, uh, bless fakes and posers. He doesn't do that. God loves us, and he wants us to be who created us to be. He says, I created you the way you are. Look, some people he, he gave five talents to. Some he gave two talents to. Some he only gave one talent to. If you're a one-talented person, use that talent for the glory of God. If you have two talents, use your two talents. If you have five, use your five. But don't compare yourself. Because you go, golly, he does five things. He does it really good. I can never do that. No, you can't because you're only a one-talent person. And God wants you to use the talent he gave you for his glory. He wants you to use the gifting and who you are. Look what he says right there now. We're at verse number two. We're in 2 Corinthians 4, verse two. It says, we reject all shameful deeds and, under, uh, and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. He's saying, we're not trying to fake anyone out. We're not trying to be these, these imposters and these fakes. Everything we're telling you is real. It's true. We've lived it in our life, and that's what Paul's saying. He goes, look, guys, it's hard enough being us, Right? Have you tried to be somebody else before? It's exhausting. Some of you try to be someone else and oh, you try to mimic them and, and they do this, so you do that and they do that and you do this and this and that and that and this. And, and before you know it, you're going, I can't keep up. I'm exhausted. God never intended you to keep up. He, Paul even says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. See, so we're following God. And if you're following God, he's giving you giftings. He's giving you talents. He's giving you abilities that he only gave to you. So use it for his glory. It's too exhausting otherwise. We need to understand that, that a lot of us have a fear of rejection sometimes. We're afraid of what people might think. We're afraid of being real. Because if we're real and they see the real us, oh my gosh, they might freak out, right? I'll never forget one time I had been elected to this position at the national level with the Church of God and I was going to this convention and, and, and I was going to this meeting where I was gonna be with all these big shot guys and, and, and here I was, a young new pastor and, and I, had, I, I used to have a really good job before I came into the ministry and I used to dress really, really good shoes and clothing and, and then after they wore out, I didn't have the money to buy really good shoes. So I wanted to go looking halfway decent, so I went and got some pay less shoes. And when you pay less, <laughs> uh, you get less. 
And I went, and, and I don't know if any of you men have ever had these shoes, and ladies, you might remember, they're like loafer slip-ons, but, but the, top, the top part has like stitching all the way around it. So I'm at this meeting, and, and I'm like, man, I'm here with all these really educated people that know the Bible really well, and I'm a new Christian and a new pastor, and I don't know that much, and I walked into that room. I'm so nervous. And my pastor happened to be on that committee, so we're sitting next to each other. But I am so nervous that the whole time my feet, I'm going like this to my feet. I'm going like this. I'm just rubbing my feet back and forth. Well, I rubbed them so hard that I tore the stitching on the shoe. So now it was break time. They go, hey, let's take a 15-minute break, uh, you know, that way to get some refreshment, restroom break. And so when I stand up, my foot goes boom, right through the shoe. And my toes are, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I sit back down, and I'm all embarrassed and thinking, oh, what are they going to think? And, oh, my God, this weirdo, look at him wearing these cheap shoes with his toes hanging out. And so my pastor goes, aren't you going to get up and get a soda or something? I go, brother, Joe, brother, look at my shoe. My, he up there, and he's there going, what happened? I go, I don't know, man. But he goes, well, here, we were rooming together. So he goes, here's the key. Use the car. Go get your other pair of shoes on. And they were also from Payless. <laughs> but I didn't rub my feet together. Oh, my gosh. But I was all fear of rejection. I was fear that I wasn't going to measure up to the rest of them. I felt like, I don't know, do I really fit in here? And you know why they had asked me to be there? Because they wanted some of the giftings and talents that I had to bring to the table. And so we need to understand that. It's too exhausting trying to measure up to other people's expectations. Live to his expectations because he loves you the way you are. He created you like that, and he wants to use you for his glory. So don't be a fake. Be real. Be authentic. Be genuine. Then the third thing we need to do if we're going to overcome discouragement is remember that it's not about you. It's not about you. We think life's all about us. Oh, well, here I come. I'm walking in. Oh, look at oh, They're looking at me. Oh, Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's like, oh my gosh. Has someone ever said hi before? They go, hi, and you go, hi, and they're talking to somebody behind you. Isn't that the, one of those most embarrassing moments? You're like, hi, oh yeah. Oh. So you act like you're saying hi to someone behind them, but there's no one back there. <laughs> because life isn't all about you. Quit thinking it is. Remember that life is bigger than you. Otherwise, you become prideful. You think it's all about you. Have no fear, Richard is here. <laughs> red Rover, Red Rover, let everyone move over. You know, it's like, who do you think you are? Man, it's like we walk in and we expect everyone to bow at our feet. And if you don't get prideful and you think life's all about you, you get fearful. You're like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I got to go in there, and what are they going to think? And, yeah, I hope I'm not too dumb for them, or I hope I'm just right. I hope I, yeah, yeah, sometimes you speak it like this, and you don't know, and, and just because you have an accent, that doesn't mean you think with one. Are you with me? But we get all freaked out because we think it's all about us. Or you get bitter. You get bitter with life. <clears throat> Look at that. Everyone's out to get me. Nobody loves me. Golly, look at that. It's like, man, what's wrong? It's because you think everything's about you. 
Paul addresses that, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 5. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves, he says. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. See, he's saying it's not about us, it's all about him. You see, God has put a message in every single one of our lives. Every single one of us has a message. And that message is about what he has done for you, not what you have done for him, but what he has done for you. And we need to quit making life all about us and make it all about him. Man, there's people that share their testimony and they take an hour talking about them and then they go, and then Jesus came in my life. (laughs) Well, no. Why don't you spend a little bit saying, man, I was a wino, dino, and a bat, but now thank you, Jesus. He came in my life and he gave me a new life. He gave me a new marriage. He gave me a new home. He gave me, he gave me, he gave me. And you talk about his goodness and his love. We don't know how to do that. We make it all about us. And it says we do it for his name's sake, for Jesus' sake. So let me ask you this. What's the motivation in your life? What's the driving force in your life? What, that, what is that that makes you tick? Because when you forget what your motivation is, you're going to get discouraged. Discouragement sets in. Come on, let's go to church. I don't want to go to church. Come on, get ready. You've got to go to church. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church. Would you please get up and go to church? Hi, tell me why I have to go to church. Richard, you're the pastor. you got to go to church. <laughs> okay, that really hasn't happened. But, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Before you know it, you get discouraged, and you start getting discouraged, and it rubs off. And, and you No, what's the motivation? I come here because I came to meet Jesus today. I came to come into his presence. And the worship team brought us in his presence. And we had communion together. And we got to tell each other, don't give up. We got to encourage each other. We got to bless each other. We got to pray with each other. We got to cry with each other. We got to heal with each other. We got to experience life with each other. And whether you're in this room or you're watching online, you're still a part of us and we're a part of you and we're a part of him. Because we do it for his name's sake. That's what makes you get up in the morning. That's what makes you go to work. I'm doing it because I have a reason. I have a wife and children that I take care of. I'm a single mother that takes care of my kids. I'm a single father that takes care of my kids. I, 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 I. What is your motivation for the things that you do? And then when you overcome that, you need to then learn how to rest in your limitations. Rest in your limitations. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Somebody told me one time, they taught me the word chillax. And I go, what are they, chillax? They go, yeah, pastor, that means chill out, relax. I go, what are they, chillax? Yeah. But we need to learn to chillax with our limitations. Don't you understand? Not all of us have the ability to do what the other person could do. So quit comparing yourself. Quit comparing yourself to anyone else. Just compare yourself to yourself and say, God, this is all I could do, and I'm not going to stress about it. I'm going to rest in that ability that you've given me. I'm not going to push myself any harder than I can because, God, you have made me 
And I'm not going to set unrealistic goals in my life. I'm not going to try to achieve something that I can't. When they say, when you're in school, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to motivate us. They're trying to challenge us. But they go, you could be anything you want to be. You could be the president of the United States. Not everyone could be the president. Well, sometimes we wonder, but you know. <laughs> Not everyone has the ability to be a senator or the mayor or, you know what I mean? I don't mean to put people down. Some of us just don't have that ability. But we need to understand that, you know what? You can achieve things that some other people can't. And that's what we have to hold on to. We have to understand that. Paul talks about that in verse 7. He says, we now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our power, listen to what he says, our power is from God, not from ourselves. He's saying, man, we're these fragile clay jars. We're delicate. It doesn't matter how fancy you look. You could have this beautiful exterior, but you could just crack that easy, just like one that you know is pottery. Because look, we, what he, Paul is trying to tell us, and God is telling us, we're all a bunch of crackpots. <laughs> we all have cracks. We all have weaknesses. Look, when Cindy and I moved here 40 years ago, we got introduced to Native American pottery. And I think it's gorgeous. I had never seen it like when we moved here. And the one I personally like is like the real black one, the real pretty black, shiny one. And I don't know which tribe makes that, but it's gorgeous. But we have all kinds. We have the kind that's painted and from this tribe and that tribe. And it's really, really awesome. And we only had a little three-month-old baby when we moved here. Then he started to learn how to walk. And he started, before you know it, you'd, you'd see a few chips on our pottery. And then our daughter came around and we had a few more chips. And then our grandchildren came around and we got some cracks. And my wife has gotten really good at fixing the cracks in the pottery. But sometimes the pottery has gotten to the point that it completely crumbled. And guess what? You just have to scoop it up and throw it away. But instead of throwing it away, we give it over to the potter. And the potter remakes broken pottery. And he puts us back together and he uses us for his glory. And he goes, you have this power, this light that's living in you. And people know you're a fragile clay jar. We are flawed. Do you understand that everyone is flawed? We all have inabilities in some area or another. We're not perfect. That's why he even said that God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He tells us that, that he uses the powerless to shame the powerful. God uses ordinary people. God uses flawed people. He's using me. He uses you. He uses us. And he wants to. So it's time that you change your thinking. But you make sure you know it's not all about you. You need to start thinking. It's not that you're thinking less of yourself. But you need to think of yourself less. Don't put yourself down and think less of yourself, but you need to think of yourself less and more of others. Someone told me the word joy. You think of Jesus, others, and then you. And that's what we do. 
And we need to do that. And we need to understand that. And it brings me to the fifth thing we need to do if we're going to really conquer dis- discouragement. And that is that use your pain to help others. Use the pain in your life, the things you've gone through. Have you ever noticed the things that you're most ashamed of in your life, the things that you have really just dealt with and you finally got over and then God puts people like that in front of you all the time. You're like, oh, really? Do I have to tell him I went through that? No, you don't have to tell him. You don't. But you're going to be able to relate to him. And you're going to be able to speak life into them. And then you might finally say, look, I promise you're going to get through this if you just keep marching forward. They go, how do you know that? Because I did. I was there. And they don't believe that. They go, what? You were? Because you seem normal to them. But you know no, you're not normal. Nobody's normal. What is normal? There's a book that says normal is a setting on a dryer. <laughs> there is no normal. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, look what it says. We're pressed on every side by troubles. So we're pressed. But we're not crushed. We're perplexed but we're not driven to despair. It says, we're hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. It says, we get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. We get right back up, baby. We are back on our feet. Paul uh, bounced back from every bad situation because he knew that the cause of Christ was going to move forward and he knew that he was going to use his pain to help others get through it. That's why even writing from prison, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. In prison, he writes, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart, mind, and soul in Christ Jesus. See, he's writing these things from the pain of his life, the struggles of his life, the brokenness of his life. Use your pain to help others. Use your pain to encourage others. Use your pain to help them get through what you've already got through. Because when you're in the middle of it, you don't think there's any hope. When you're in the middle of that dark tunnel, you don't feel like going any deeper. Because it's getting darker before it's getting brighter. But I'm telling you, if you keep walking through, you will get to the light, and it's not a train coming at you either. It's the hope of glory on the other side. That's why he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, he says, all of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. So use your pain to help others. God wants to use you to help others through your, with your life's experiences. Look, God has blessed our church and we keep growing and it's not about numbers. But I pray that this room is packed and then we even have to have another service that'll be packed because every number has a soul and every soul I wanna see in the kingdom of God. We wanna see you in heaven. That's why we do what we do and that's why we reach who we reach because we wanna see you come to know the living Christ and serve him. So don't make it all about you. 
And make sure that you use your pain to help others. And bring in the next thing we need to do. We need to take time to get renewed. Take time for renewal, to get fresh, to get recharged. Everyone needs to be recharged. You've got to get there. Somebody the other day called me and they go, oh, pastor, oh, pray for me. My car just stopped and oh, I don't have the money to fix it. And oh, I'm like, well, I go, have you checked the gas? No, no, I didn't check the gas. <laughs> they had run out of gas. They just needed gas. That's all they needed. So we went and took them some gas and they were back on. Mira nomás. That's all it was. Would you look at that? Wow. Yeah, see, sometimes we run out of gas. Sometimes we're emotionally spent. Sometimes there's nothing left in us and we need to get fueled again. That's why we come to church to get fueled. That's why we read the word of God to get refueled. In, in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, this is what Paul says. This is why we never give up. Say, never give up. Never give up. Though our bodies are dying, they're wasting away. Our spirits are being renewed every day. Thank you, Jesus. So how do you renew your spirit? Well, you come to church, you go to Bible study, you read the word of God, you worship, you have worship music. How do you renew your body? You exercise, you walk, you do. Look, I went shopping with my wife yesterday. It was like, Wow, it was my sacrifice to the, for the cause. I don't know why us men don't like shopping, but I was there with her. And, and, and so, so my, my hips been giving me problems. So I was there and, and I'm waiting for her. So I started doing this. So, and, and I'm there working my leg. I just exercise a little bit, you know, and people are walking by looking at like, orale. So... So I even did this. There was this one guy that went by. I went, vroom, vroom. <laughs> and he just shook his head like, pobrecito, man. <laughs> oh, well, I made him laugh, and I didn't care. But you know what? Exercise your body. Do whatever you can. Exercise your mind. Read and do crossword puzzles or do something that's going to stimulate your thinking. Exercise your spirit. Make it a habit of coming to church, reading the word, listening, watching a good Christian movie. Everyone watches Netflix. I have this one called Pure Flicks. It's amazing. You have some of the most coolest, coolest movies on that. God, they're so wholesome. And a few of them are really corny, but the majority of them are really good. They're really good. They, they charge you. And last... We need to stay focused on eternity. Life has a way of rattling your perspective. That's why we get discouraged. Maintain your eternal perspective. When you get tired, we lose our focus. Haven't you ever just gotten tired? You're like, I don't know. I I don't, who cares? You might get fired. I don't care. Yes, you do care. But at that moment, you're so tired and discouraged, you don't care. You lose your focus. You don't fight as hard anymore. You don't fight for the things that matter. You're so tired because your kids are lost, and you just say, just forget it. No, don't forget it. You pray, 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 pray. Pray them back in the kingdom. 
Don't give up. Your husband's out there. Your wife's out there. Pray, 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 pray. Pray him back in the kingdom. Get him into the word. Say, Holy Spirit, sick him. Go get him. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I pray like that. I say, God, I pray stuff like this. God, if they're out drinking, that every time they put the alcohol to their lips, they get sick. If they're doing drugs, let them go so sick, they'll never want them again. If they're doing wrong, let them have a miserable time and get caught if they have to. One time I was praying with my son and his friends and they were gonna go out. And I knew they were gonna go out, out. They said, we're gonna go bowling. Can't bowling again. (laughs) You think I'm that stupid? And so we got in a circle in my kitchen. And I said, God, I pray that you be with Ricky and his friends. God, I pray they have a blast tonight. And Lord, if they do anything illegal, I pray they get caught. (laughs) And two of them went. (laughs) I I was laughing. I go, are you planning something you shouldn't? And then I finished praying. (laughs) We didn't even have fun tonight. Good. Don't give up. Don't lose your focus. Paul talked about it like this in verse 17 and 18. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm telling you, don't give up because you will get through it. You will get through it. You will get through it. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we see here now. Rather, we fix our gaze. He says, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see here now will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. So he's saying, look, some people are always looking for this internal motivation. So they're there. I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. It's like, so they're trying to pump themselves up. Some look for an external motivation. Come on, man, cheer cheer me on, cheer me on. But you know what? We need an an eternal motivation that we know, God, I'm going to remain faithful. I'm going to cross that finish line. I want to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Welcome into my heaven. Come on in, baby. You made it. That needs to be our motivation. That needs to be the thing that drives us. That needs to be the thing that we hold on to. That needs to be the thing that gets us there, that we don't give up. We keep pressing forward. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. So now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus went to the cross, and he looked beyond the cross. You see, we need to not look at what's in front of us. We need to look beyond the cross. We need to look beyond the pain. We need to look beyond the challenge. We need to look at the finish line, not at the challenge right before us. In the book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. 
At just the right time, we will reap the harvest of blessing if we what? Don't give up. So don't give up, church. March forward. Keep going forward. Rise up, O man of God. Rise up, O woman of God. Do it for the glory of God. Make it, make it, make it. Be real. There's some of you that don't even have Jesus. And that's okay. He still loves you and we love you, but you need to have Jesus. He'll get you through it. And if you've never given your life to Jesus and you've never prayed to receive him as your Savior and Lord, raise your hand if you want him. Say, I need Jesus. I've never prayed that. Anyone here today that's never prayed that? Okay, then I believe everyone's a Christian here. That's awesome. Was there someone that raised their hand? I can't, I can't see. Yeah? All right. Amen. Well, praise God. Is there anyone else? I don't want to miss anybody. Because we want to pray and we want to bless God. So those of you that raised your hand, stand up real quick. I want to pray with you. The whole church, we're going to pray with you. Amen? Would you, would you say this prayer? Say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, from this moment on, I want to live for you. So forgive me of my past. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. Fill me with your power that I might live in victory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hey, come over here real quick. I want to give you a high five. Man, God is amazing, sister. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my goodness. What a joy. Hey, look. See that, Pastor? We got a Bible and some stuff for you we want to give you. All right? Go on over there. What a joy. Brother, praise God, man. This is an exciting day for you. Right over there. Pastor Eddie's got some a Bible and some stuff we want to give you. Now, look. Some of you are exhausted. You're tired. You're like, I'm so discouraged, Lord. I'm so discouraged, I don't even, I I can't even go up there to pray. But you need to. So ask God to strengthen you so you can come up and just lay down your burden. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, would you go with me? Maybe you're embarrassed, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go up there. Well, then invite someone to go with you, and that way nobody knows which one's needing the help. (laughs) But all kidding aside, you know what? If you want prayer, make your way up. Invite someone if you'd like. But would you stand with us as we close out? We're just going to trust God for great things ahead. Make your way up if you want to pray. How great the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain i could not climb in desperation i turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night and through the darkness your loving kindness 
Tore through the shadows of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ, my living hope For your prayer partner, will you make your way up Begin praying with our family here what heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me His own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Just lay your burden down before the Lord right now. And say, God, this is what I'm facing. I'm overwhelmed. I just don't even know where to go next. But I'm going to run to you. Surrender your issue right now, whether you're there in your your chair or right here at the altar. But let's believe God to break through and give us what he needs and what we need. And that we embrace it. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name Jesus Christ my living hope let us pray Heavenly Father right now I'm crying out to you Lord on behalf of my brothers and sisters And Lord God, I'm praying that, Lord, we never forget how much you love us. And I'm praying, Father God, that we will be genuine and real and authentic, that we're not going to walk around as fake people trying to imitate someone else, but live out of our own skin. Father God, I pray that, Lord, we keep getting closer to you and closer to each other. Help us to learn to accept our limitations and then relax and not get all stressed about it but instead of surrendering it to our own anxiety, we surrender it to you. Father God, take the pain in our life to use as a tool to minister to others. Father God, help us, strengthen us, equip us. And God, I pray for renewal. I pray that you renew us every single day, that God, we get closer and closer to you. And Lord, we thank you and love you. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all of God's people shout out, amen. Church, we love you. God bless you. Want to remind you that if you want to get a ticket to the banquet, they're selling them right out in the lobby. And if all of you are going to do child dedication, I need you to meet me right through that door right over there. So if you're going to dedicate your child, you need to go right through that door over here. In the silence 
the roaring lion, declare the great.